This is the first day of preparations to transfer Dr. Carter and I's research platform over to the space station VESTA. Even though the reason for our transfer is our termination at Central College due to Aaron's data points and my methods for scientific exploration, I'm still excited for the opportunity. It is 11.15 on a Friday night. Aaron already went home, so I'm alone in our lab. VESTA sent over files of their personnel and staff for us to review and decide if we want to initiate the catcher project up there. Catcher's the code name I'm using for a military project. I can't say much about it over the audio yet until I get Dr. Carter to back me on the finer details, but we have some promising candidates. After extensive review, I've taken an interest in one particular ex-astronaut, Ivy Frost, a former member of VESTA's partner company. Lucian X. For the record, they specialize in high-risk missions in order to preserve the integrity of modern space travel. They do both in-space research missions and on Earth they enter combat zones in order to protect satellites and other important space equipment. Her file is relatively clean. There's one thing here though, the Arcadis incident. Funny enough, another crew member has that listed on his report. Jesse Hayes, a pilot. When I pointed this out to Dr. Carter, he assumed because they're the same age, they had a brief romantic history, and that's the term they use for that sort of HR issue on Vesta. I told him otherwise, as she happens to be married. Her wife is Dr. Lenore Frost, a psychiatrist on Earth. Ivy was sent to her after being discharged. Two tours in this Arcadis incident. She's only been on the station for six months, and she's been married for a year. I have to give props to whoever organized these files. There's so much information I never would have thought to ask for. Like these tapes of their therapy session. Here's one. Hello, Ivy. Have a seat. Hey, Dr. Frost. So, how have you been doing this week? I don't know. Okay, I guess. You guess? Hmm? You seem more distracted than normal. Oh, sorry. You don't have to apologize. Just tell me what's going on. The nightmares got bad again. Oh, was it something I said last session? No, it's not your fault. Sorry, I'm just kind of tired. How much sleep do you get every night, on average? Two hours, I guess. Okay, you know that's not a healthy amount. Yeah, I kind of gathered that. May I ask what the nightmares are about? Arcadis. I'm sorry? You know about Vesta and the rush for space travel, right? Of course, this has been going on for years. I was part of a four-man crew sent to a dwarf planet called Arcadis to gather wildlife specimens for the biochamber on Vesta. What happened? On our way back, we got hit by a meteor. Big one. The ship exploded. I was still in my suit from doing a spacewalk to check our antenna and the pilot. His name was Jesse. Sealed off his cockpit doors in time, so his part of the ship detached before the fire could reach him. The other two, Lucas and Gwen, they didn't make it. Are the nightmares about that? No. They're about what happened after. You don't have to tell me if you don't feel comfortable. No, it's fine. I want to. Okay. Go ahead. Whenever you're ready. When I got thrown from the spaceship, it was like the fire... Chased me. I got burns all over my body, but I just couldn't move. I could feel the pain, but I went stiff. It felt like years before a rescue team came for me. 
Your nightmares are about you being helpless to the pain. Yeah. And I wouldn't have that problem if Jesse didn't leave me there to die. Excuse me? He saw me. He looked me in the eye, and he heard me screaming through the calm, and he did nothing. Just flew away. I have to go. Ivy, please. I'll see you next week. The file says that after two months of weekly sessions, they cut off their therapeutic relationship in order to pursue a romantic one. Ivy worked with a different therapist for a few months before being transferred to Vesta. This candidate shows promise. I'll finish reviewing the files. Day two, preparation for Vesta. It is eight o'clock. I'm in the office with Dr. Carter. Today we finished packing our large medical equipment, and I have officially brought Dr. Carter onto the catcher project. Yeah, I'm still not clear what that's for. You signed the paperwork, Aaron. No backing out now. Well, since I signed the paperwork, can you explain to me what catcher is for? Catcher is a front. I'm sorry, what? You heard me. Using a specific group of people makes it more formal. And besides, there are a lot of ex-astronauts on board Vesta. And what are you going to do to these people? I'm assuming you won't be thanking them for their service. I'm going to reach my goal. You, of all people, should understand that. Oh, don't pout. You signed a contract. You knew what you were getting into. And when have I steered you wrong? Well, now that I'm getting the silent treatment, I'm going to fill in my audio notes for Arcadis. Ivy was indeed hospitalized under the name Ivy Ward, where she remained in a state similar to paralysis for 12 weeks and intensive resident physical therapy for an additional eight weeks. Captain Hayes never came to see her. After being released from the hospital, she was discharged from Lucy and X and recommended to Dr. Frog. Now for Vesta. The biochamber on Vesta, referred to as Swan Lake by station personnel, is a functional garden. They grow earthen herbs, fruits, vegetables, and flowers, as well as a selection of flora from other plants, most notably Mars. They have an extraterrestrial garden? Annalise, think of the research possibilities this has. And the possibilities with Catcher. Oh. Right now, I want to talk about Ivy's paralysis. Yes, it does seem rather odd. There's no listed cause of paralysis, but I have a working theory. I think I know where you're going with this. Whatever specimen they had on board must release a toxin when ignited. Do you think it was a strong plant, or just a lot of plants, or maybe a combination of plants? We can test it when we arrive on Vesta. Do we bring specimens of toxic plants there? I know we'll need a trial group, and I think it's probably unethical to test it on our interns. I'm so glad you're speaking to me again. Day 3 of preparation for Vesta. It is 5 o'clock on Sunday. I sent everyone home, so I'm alone in the office. Unfortunately, I have no new information to present, but I do have to take some additional audio notes on our supplies. Most of our supplies have already been sent over. Our lab has been completely packed up. I was told our specimens and medicine and other similar supplies would be in a controlled environment on the journey. That's out of my hands. No sense worrying about it. Our furniture goes over tomorrow. The filing cabinets and some random supplies get sent with us on the same transport. Based on my understanding, our lab has a separate med bay, a main research center with a large window, a walk-in freezer, a surgery room, and a cell in the floor. I don't think we'll need the cell with unruly patients. Sedatives and cuffs will work fine.
I do enjoy taking audio notes alone in the afternoon. I assume I'll have plenty of quiet time on Vesta to do so. That's all for today. Day four of preparation for Vesta. It is 10.30 Monday night. Aaron just left. I'm sitting on the floor, and now that I've done inventory, I can discuss Catcher in today's audio notes. Dr. Carter is unaware of this, but the true purpose for Catcher is something I've been wanting to do for years. And now that the university is no longer in my way, I can pursue it. I'm going to split people open. Everyone is afraid of dying, and my research deserves to be shared for eons. I'm going to become immortal. People are born immune to different things. I'm going to extract DNA. I'm going to bring back the lobotomy. I'm going to break into memory. I deserve to be the most powerful. I am the one who should live forever. The people who I will be working on have done bad things for selfish reasons. I do everything for science. I do everything to create a better future. I am worth more than these overly emotional fools. They say I'm crazy. They called my work science fiction. And then my data was proved correct. Yet they still laughed. Idiots. They go home every night to their families and their pets and they don't think about progress. They don't think about the future. I do. I want a better world. I want to be the one holding the keys to everyone's fate. And I will get that. No matter what- Annalise? Sorry, I left my car keys in here. Aaron, it's fine. Come in. Day 5 of preparations for best. It is Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Aaron and I are standing outside the headmaster's office to hand over the keys to our lab. Hi. We have to be at the air hospital at 5.30. Departure is at 8. Aaron and I are meeting at the Waffle House at 4.30. Are you sure we want to do this? We don't have a choice. There's always another university. No one will take us after being kicked out. Fair point. Are you ready to do this? After you. This podcast is a product of Maris Podcasting. It is written and directed by Madison Roberts. The producers are Adelaide Deezer and Jenna Evans. Dr. Annalise Sanders is played by Jenna Evans. Morgan Ray is played by Tommy Bizzuto. Naomi Ross is played by Adelaide Deezer. Ben Bowers is played by Edward Deezer. Dr. Lenore Frost is played by Ellie Irwin. Ivy Frost is played by Madison Roberts. Talia Franco is played by Madison McCraney. Jesse Hayes is played by Jack Savage. Dr. Aaron Carter is played by Evan Merritt. Case Foster is played by Jack Savage. The music is Hiding Your Reality by Kevin McLeod on a Compton. It is linked in the description. For more info on our podcast, visit vesta.marispodcasting.com or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Vesta Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you in the next one.